Ladies and gentlemen, if you suffer from low juice, <laughs> I have a perfect suggestion for you. It's crank on the podcast daily and listen to this man, Anthony Schlegel, talk about the Buckeyes and anything else that pops into his mind. He is a juice bringer. Schlegs, are yep. you ready for a Thursday episode? I'm ready for a Thursday episode, man. It's uh, Austin's great to be on with you and, and the podcast. You guys do a phenomenal job. And yeah, we got, got another big week. So let's go. What do you want to talk about? Well, Schlegs, is this the best defense in America? I don't know any other way to ask you. Let's just get into it. Uh, great, you know, great question. So, you know, I heard a lot of things about this game, rumblings on social media, and it really kind of caught me off guard because I don't think people quite understand um, the defensive performance, right? It was like, man, it was so dominant that Penn State just had to suck or they're just not good. And that's terrible. That is a terrible mindset, especially if you're an Ohio State fan. So let's let's run it back a little right, bit, okay? So so Penn State came to this game averaging, I think it was like 423 yards, 426 yards maybe uh, total. I think it was 203 on the ground, 223. And we we I discussed, we discussed like who they really played. They played teams, but again, we're looking at what Michigan is doing and they're beating people that they should beat well. Um you know, Especially we just talk if they're about, cheating. That uh, helps. We, won't, I, we won't go. We can talk about that at the end. That's fine. Let's All talk right. about it at the end. But, but the point, the point being is, you got a team that's coming in, average forty points a game in every single game. That's hard to do, man. Regardless, okay. So, forty points a game. They have the number one defense or top five defense statistically in every category that matters. Uh, you got four twenty something on on total. Your forty eight percent third down percentage. Got, you know, you had, you had two running backs that are 360 something and 370 something, right? They're running the ball effectively. That's what they do. Their job, we talked about last week. They want to pound the rock and they have a young quarterback, first year starter. And we said, Hey, you look at his passes. He averages six yards of completion, whereas McCord was like nine to 10. Okay. So that being said, you saw, you know what their game is. Their game is to run the ball, short inter intermediate passes. They have really good tight ends, right? That had seven touchdowns between them. They really only had one threat from a wide receiver. So what do we want to do defensively? Well, the number one thing was stop the run, get them into third and medium, third and long, and make Alder beat you. That's what we said had to happen. We said you have to establish a running game a little bit because, again, what is it that we do best? We vertically throw the football. And in this game, we saw that underneath – uh, routes and it was a lot like uh, Devontae Smith in Alabama. I just remember in that national championship game that they're just getting him the rock all the time yep. and they're being creative in the ways that they're doing it. They're just not lining him up in one position. They're motioning him. He's he's in the slot, right? They're creating the mismatches that you want. And we saw some of those things, especially like they had Cade and Marvin on the opposite side and Cade basically just ran his guy. It was man coverage. He ran his guy into Marvin's guy. I remember we've seen Hey, oh, that's a screen, that's a pick, that's a moving pick, whatever. No, if you know what's going on, you can determine where that guy goes. And that's why there have to be levels uh, as a defender, right? Especially playing man in those crossing, those crossing patterns. So, so then let's take this defense here. I think it was, they had 49 yards rushing. That's including sacks. I think it was 72 total, mm -hmm. right? Rushing the football. That's phenomenal. Okay, boom. 
all are 191. Great. A lot the coming on the final blew, drive as well. The stat that blew my mind was one of 16. And we said, man, they came into the game 48% on third down. They know how to, they know how to move the chains. And that's what they want. Remember, in the, before they came into this game, they were winning the time possession battle by 10 minutes. Right. It flipped in this game. How did it flip? They won third down. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, like, but that's coverage, that's D-line, that's linebackers, that's complementary football defensively, everybody just doing their job. And I think that Knowles has kind of found his secret sauce, you know, as it compared to last year, right? It's like, listen, man, just you have veteran guys allow them to be dogs. And I'm going to say this, Jermaine Matthews Jr., side nugget, played a hell of a football game. And I was very impressed. And then, of course, of course, we're going to get people. He needs to play all the time. For it, Mind you, I think people forgot this too. Trevion Henderson, Emeka Mbuka, and Denzel Ward, three alphas, were out in this game. Right. And you Denzel still – Yeah, Denzel Burr. Is that what yeah. I said? What did I say? The other Denzel. Did I say One. Denzel Washington? <laughs> Denzel Ward. Say Denzel, oh, there, there's three of them. Oh, oh man. Hey, if I said Denzel Washington, that would be amazing because I love him. He's a great actor. But that being, he, that being he said, sure Burke, Burke was fantastic. So he's fantastic. Yeah. So we had three alphas out. And here's the thing. Jermaine Matthews stepped up when called upon. So Tim Walton, way to go. Like, guys, that's their job. You know, when, when called upon, you can respond. There is no drop-off. You just go and play and execute. He did phenomenal. So, and again, pass rushers, we had four sacks in this game. We had six TFLs. Like, that's great. And in big moments, we had guys stepping up and making plays. So, again, great defensive performance. You can't say it's a lack of execution. The reason they didn't execute is because we out-executed them. Right. Like, like I, I think people forget that, man. And, and again, every week it's hard to win. So, I love what we did. Now then, offensively, you're like, all right, well, what's up with the offense? You're playing the number one defense in the country. It's going to be hard sledding. And they, you know what? Were there passes that were behind or high that Kyle threw? 100% there were. But were there absolute dimes? 100% there were. <laughs> so again, what's the job every single week? I told you it's a marathon, not a sprint, and it's a battle of attrition. The key is, how do we have the alphas there in the big games at the end of the year, right? That, that's mm -hmm. what you want. So they'll be back for Wisconsin. Ryan Day said that. But offensively, just keep getting better at running the football. And I thought in the second quarter, I'm sitting there in Hilton Head with the family, watching this with my friend Greg Fisher and the family. We're outside in the patio, and it was beautiful. It was like 78 degrees. I had a nice breeze. I could see the ocean, right? And like in the second quarter, man, I saw – Offensive linemen getting to the second level, and we literally were moving the line of scrimmage. I'm like, high five. You know, like, this is what we want to see. We got to keep that kind of momentum as we move forward in the season. So there is a lot of positives uh, and takeaways from this game, and I'm excited about where we are as a whole because, again, we are too used to we're scoring 40 points a game. Like, that's what Ryan has done. He needs a phenomenal play caller. But guess what? When you have a defense that's playing like this, your job as an offense, is, especially a quarterback, is to distribute the ball to the playmakers and not turn the ball over and put your defense 
in a bad position. And even when some of those things did occur, our defense rose up to the occasion and gave up a field goal. Like, that's a win. Yeah, and I think I want to go back to what you mentioned about Tim Walton and Denzel Burke's legs because that's – if there was – I don't know. Criticism is probably not the right word, but you look at a weakness of the Ohio State defense a year ago, and a lot of those big plays happened in the secondary, and people pointed the finger at cornerbacks. Is Tim Walton doing a good enough job? Can he make the transition back to college football from the NFL? Like, is he the guy to do this in the future? Like, there were people asking that after last year. It wasn't me, but it, it was a conversation. My take was, hey, Denzel Burke got injured in the first week of training camp. Then he had a hand injury. Cam Brown was dealing with hamstring and head injuries throughout the entire year. Jordan Hancock had a hamstring issue. Those are your top three, and it was piecemeal the whole way through. They weren't that deep to begin with. I said, well, maybe maybe if they're healthy, we can judge this in year two. They also understand the system better. And you look at what's going on right now because I think you know there were some people even before the game last week that were you know texting us on our subtext platform like, well, why is this Jermaine Matthews instead of Jair Brown? Like, is this a problem with – no. I mean, Jermaine Matthews has just taken the 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 bone here. He's a dog. He's going with it, and he's earned that opportunity. And I don't know that that – I mean, it probably wasn't going to happen for Ohio State in year one, but they've built up the depth, and they've stayed healthy. And then when they had a setback, they had guys that were ready to step in, and there are still more in reserve because Jair Brown could very well go out there at some point in November and make plays. but. What Jordan Hancock is doing, what Jermaine Matthews did, the way that the safeties are playing, like that doesn't go directly to Tim necessarily. Yeah, like it's pretty – it is really remarkable what's gone on from year one to year two with that staff. And it is also a reminder, I guess, Schlegs, that coaches sometimes need year two as well, just as much as players do. Well, listen, the the, the coming from the NFL to college actually is beneficial because the technique used – is different because you can touch and run and bump and be physical past five yards in college, right? But being able to be in phase and play on the ball are things that cross over, right? Right. So I also think it's about us defensively as a whole mindset, right? So Big 12 mindset versus Big 10 mindset versus championship caliber mindset, right? It's we, We go back and we look at the Georgia game with nine minutes and playing single high safety when the job is to make them chew up the clock and earn the touchdown as opposed to I'm going to go, right? And we saw it earlier in the year. Hey, it's third and 10, give up nine, not 17. You still have to execute. There was a, there was a, a mishap in it, but our guys are starting to learn to play faster. And I think as a whole, you know, Knowles understands those pieces. And then as the coaches go and coach that, facilitate that language and that that mindset to our players, they're understanding it. Are there still things that are being corrected? Right? I mean, like, let's face it. I mean, linebacker-wise, the ability to use your hand and get off blocks, but meeting them at, at the line of scrimmage with what you see, but then also knowing where my fits are is something that's still evolving, right? If a, if a guy pulls, this is just me, right? If I, if I have a guy pull... I want a guy to spill and spill and get in. So if the guy cuts back, he's there to make the tackle. But we also have a cutback player. But then that way, as a Mike, I know if I see color across my face, I can get over the top. I don't have to engage 
get over and then skinny back down because the guy is is holding the edge right on that run. There's still things that they are navigating to allow our guys to play faster. It's a work in progress, but mm-hmm. you got to know where your guys are. You can't just all of a sudden say, "Hey, we're going to be really more violent at the point of contact." When maybe before they weren't that way or they weren't as good with their hands. So it's just things that you see and you keep developing week after week after week. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? To allow your guys to play faster and have great communication. Yeah, that that could be a little bit more difficult, uh, that communication part. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. The offense isn't going to be that loud at Camp Randall, but you're going on the road. It's a different challenge. Wisconsin is a little bit different beast than Penn State was. Uh, when you look at this Schlegs and you know who's the head coach on the other sideline there, like what does a Luke Fickle-led Wisconsin mean to you? What's it look like? What's the challenge going to be on Saturday night? Well, I mean, you know, he's all about tough and nasty, uh, competitive excellence. I mean, it, 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 He's the same thing at Ohio State that he was at Cincinnati, that he is at Wisconsin. That's why I think he's going to do great things at Wisconsin. You look at that that staff, there's a lot of Ohio State connections, right? Besides Fick being here for 16 years, you got Brady Collins, who is an assistant strength coach at Ohio State that he went to Cincinnati. Totally gets it, totally gets the guys. Tough Borland is there. Chris Worley is there. Mike Trussell wasn't necessarily at Ohio State. I think he was a GA at one point. Um but he's, he's there. Paul Haynes is there. So here's the thing. He doesn't know what we do defensively. He doesn't know what we do offensively. But he does know the type of dudes that we have right? versus his dudes. So that being said, he's going to want like, – they have 16 rushing touchdowns. They have five passing touchdowns. They run the football. That's what they do. They run the football for 179 a game. Okay. They pass it for 216. They're about running the football. They have a, a freshman quarterback right now, I believe. Yep, so, Tanner Mordecai is out. Yep, yep. So what are they going to do? They're going to do what Indiana wanted to do. They're going to do what Notre Dame wanted to do. They're going to do what Penn State wanted to do, and that is time of possession. Get to third and short, right? Run the football. They're going to go back and look at the things that Indiana did well. They're going to go back and look at the things that Notre Dame did well in the running game. And how can we exploit that? So for us, it's really the same game plan, same mindset that you had in the Penn State game, which is what? Win first and second down. Get the freshman quarterback to third and medium, third and long. Same thing. Aller and this kid, right? Boom. Make that guy beat you. Don't let, don't let Allen beat you because Allen's a beast, man. He's got 704 yards on the season, eight touchdowns, almost six yards of carry. Like that's the dude that you got to stop, right? Make the quarterback beat you. So defensively, it really is the same thing that we've seen all season. But after this Penn State game, boom, you have a lot of momentum going in. And what travels the best? A run game and defense. So can we establish a little bit of that running game, that physicality that we want? Can we move the line of scrimmage? However, Fig knows he has to steal possessions in a game like this, especially if they're not having success on third down, which is where special teams will become critical in this game. Just doing your job. You can't have a muff punt, give him a short field. We did that, help him to a field goal. Boom. But those are things that you got to correct. And is there going to be an onside kick? Is there going to be a fake punt? Like all those different variables. Every time you go out there, it's one rep at a time. Go win that rep. So that that's kind of what you're going to see from Wisconsin. And 
And but Fick knows that, right? It's the same right. thing that you remember. Remember, like the Rutgers game a couple years ago, where Shiano was just pulling all sorts of stuff out of his hat. Like yeah. that's what they got to do to win. And I'm not comparing a Wisconsin to a Rutgers. I'm just saying that mindset that you understand what they got, the type of like alphas that they have, right? And yeah. the genetics that they have over there. I have to do something in my home stadium to capitalize on that and keep my crowd energized and in the game for four quarters. And if we can keep it close, we have a chance. And I will say this too. They just got beat by Iowa two weeks ago. And then you go on the road to Illinois and you're down 21-7 in the fourth quarter and you rattle off 18 straight. Right. That's momentum for them. That's a stepping stone for them. Vic said that's the type of competitive spirit that he's been wanting to see. And sometimes you just have to feel that and see that and experience that in a game that we collectively can do that. So they too have some momentum now going in at home. And it's at night, I believe, right? Yep, it is. Yep. It's going to be a great environment, you know, but I, again, the test of Notre Dame prepares you for these type of environments in these type of games. So who does that mean uh, have to be the difference makers this week, Schlage? I mean, it would be great to have Trevion. So I'm going to say offensive line and Trevion um, being in there mm -hmm. will be a difference maker because if we can do that, that opens everything else up. You know, it's going to be like pick your poison at that point, right? How do we, how, who do we stop, right? If we can run the ball, we're just going to keep running. We're going to own the time possession, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I would say Trevion, the offensive line, I, I would say this, Kyle, we were fortunate. And, and again, it goes back to Marvin, and I believe it was on Dixon, number four. Like that was a great battle. And when you got Marvin on their best guy every single time, Marvin's going to win. And that's how the holding penalty happened on that play. But Kyle has to continue to do a better job of, hey, I'm not going to try to go make a play. I just got to understand I get to throw it away or I got to take the sack because I can't turn the ball over. Because that mm -hmm. definitely would have flipped the script in this game versus yeah. Penn State that wasn't able to do anything, right? So Wisconsin, that's how you can keep them in it. So I would just say Kyle being efficient and protecting of the football is vital. So those are two. And then yeah. defensively, it's going to go right back to the front seven. Can you stop Allen, right? Can you get them into third and medium and third and long? That's the game. Because I, I 100%. Our secondary is playing at an elite level. And this also goes into recruiting and competitive excellence. And I think that's something that people forget. Hey, man, why do I want to necessarily transfer when I'm going against the best every single year or every single practice? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can go and potentially, you know, show out somewhere else. But am I getting developed and am I getting the competition that I would be at Ohio State? Because when you're at an Ohio State, you only need one, one year, yeah. right, of that tape to say I could potentially be a first rounder. That's mm -hmm. a fact. I might get two. So that being said, the competitive excellence right now from the skill position at Ohio State is, is at a high level. And I think it's that's why you're seeing our secondary rise up as well. It's recruiting. It's coaching. But guess what? Tip of the cap. To the offensive guys, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because that's what you want. We're just making each other better every single week. Yeah, they sure are. All right. 
She likes it. I couldn't tell if you wanted to talk about Michigan stealing no, science or not. I, I mean, you it's, know what? It's, I, I was, I, I'll, you know what? Here's the deal. It's, you know, I've, I've heard people compare it to Houston, and my son plays baseball. I'm like, it, it is different because if I know a guy, you got a Rollins Chapman, right? I'm a Rangers fan, so you got a Rollins Chapman. He had a guy on the back on the back of the hamstring at 104. Man, it slipped out there. That hurts. Okay, <laughs> if I know a guy's throwing that type of gas. And then I know he's coming in with a slider because that's what they do, man. You change speeds, you change eye levels, right? But I know that it's not a fastball and it's a changeup, and I can sit on that. That's different. Now, here's the thing. The thing about the Stein sign ceiling, everybody looks at it, right? Like I'm at the line of scrimmage if I'm a linebacker. I'm looking at what they're doing. There's a lot of different things that we can decipher within a game from watching film. And again, Watching film from the all 22, you have a sideline camera. It's up in the press box and you have an end zone camera. You're not getting signs from there. Okay. No, you're not. But having tickets at a game on opposite sidelines to be able to record to then decipher who's live, who's not. And what are the signals? And then taking that back to the film and matching up what you saw from those. To just say who's hot and who's not, because you have three guys, right? One guy's live, two guys aren't. So they're looking at the live guy. That's why they all have different color shirts. It's on both sides of the football. Our signs at Ohio State were very simple, man. It was like tight, tight one buck. I mean, that was it. Tight one, and it point at the field. Field eight. All right, field eight, seven, <laughs> eight, nine. Okay, so not very difficult, right? You still have to execute. Yep. However, if I, as a linebacker, know it's third and three and it's a pass and I have a formation and it's three by one with quads, meaning I have a running back to my three by one set, I'm going to look at AJ and say, hey, we got quads, we got pass. What do they do? They flare double spot. I'm going to boss all the way out past my end and I'm going to go jump the spot route. AJ's going to jump the spot route. It's a lot easier. But if I have the threat of run, because it's play, run, react to pass, and they the only thing they can do is run the ball back to the backside B gap, and I got a B gap, or I have to go to the front the, the front side A gap, let's say, because my tackle's going to the B, I'm going to be more, a, just a little bit more hesitant that might open up that spot route that equates to a first down. So you still have to go execute. And you still have to understand what you're doing, but it does give you a competitive advantage. And it does say, like, I mean, you'll, you'll hear it all the time. Guys will go up there and make checks and you're listening to what the checks and as the game goes on and you understand what the hand signals are to the wide receivers or, or what they say to the line of scrimmage. Like you can decipher some of those things. That's in game. That's just being a smart football player. And you yeah. might check out of what they're doing because you got something, but. If they know that you're passing or if they know that you're running man, right, and they look over and they're like, hey, man beater, boom, go to this play, right, that's a little bit different. And I think it was – I think it goes into the how, right, the the ability – and I don't know if this is true. They say there's evidence. I don't know. But – you cannot recruit. You cannot go out and scout in, in person an upcoming opponent for the season. 
That's a fact. That's yep. the rules. But the videoing from sideline to sideline through an iPhone, that's a different level to then take it back and decode. But still, the guy has to go say, who's live? I got to match that signal up of three guys. It might take me two to three to four snaps to figure it out. But if they got a drive going, then all of a sudden that drive stalls because I now figured out who's live and who's not. That's a competitive yeah. advantage. So, yeah. again, I that, think that's... It's, it's crazy to me, Schlegs, like the mental gymnastics that is go, that are going on at Michigan to try and explain it or say that it was a gray area or a rule. To me, it comes down to two things. Like There are tickets in virtually every Big Ten stadium. Uh, we know that they purchased them under this guy's own name for last week in the horseshoe for Ohio State and Penn State. So let's let's everybody knows that this is happening. So it is proven that it happened. That part is against the rules, bar none. And Michigan would not have been continuing to do it if they didn't think that there was an advantage, right? There's no point in spending that money or spending that effort or breaking down the film if they didn't think it helped. So like to try and say, oh, well, prove it that it helped them win games. Why else would they have done it? Like they think it was helping and it's like counting cards in blackjack. It doesn't mean that you're going to win every single hand, but it gives you a better chance of winning. I mean, what are we arguing about? Well, I, 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 I don't say there's a really an argument. It's just, you know, that it's happened. Right. Yeah. So, and I would say this, man, we got to be like, regardless you still got to go execute, right? You still got to go play. Though you might run a man beater, you still got to go do it. I think the thing is when I see a video and the guy's looking over and then everybody's pointing up past it, to me, it's more along the lines of everybody knew what was going on from that one guy giving you the competitive advantage. And then your job is to relay it, yeah. right? Because again, here's what you learn from film. This is just real talk. I mean, we're all looking at things, okay? I'm looking at, if they run a gap scheme, I'm looking at the split from the center to the backside guard or wherever they're trying to run it. If I got a tight split on the backside, I know that center guard are trying to get to the tackle to get to the backside linebacker, all right? Or potentially to come up to me, right? And then I'm looking at the depth of the running back. Then I'm looking at the splits of the wide receivers, right? Then I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm timing up stuff. Like every time, like you're looking, you're, you're watching film so that you can have a competitive advantage to time up blitzes, sure. right? Every time they clap and they look, they come back. Now I got five, boom, center's head's down, his head pops up, I'm going. Those are all things that everybody does to give them a competitive advantage while playing the game of football. Sure. The thing is, that comes from me giving up time, energy, and effort to study and watch film. And then I have to be able to apply it, honestly, all within the 40-second play clock. And really quick, because you also have you also have setting the front, reloading the front, and motion of the front. All that goes into what can they run out of what. But if I do all that, and then a guy can eliminate certain aspects that they could threaten me with, mm -hmm. that then puts me in a competitive advantage. Right. That, that, and I, again, I, I think it goes into the integrity of the game a little bit. However, very easy fix. Headsets. Headsets. Now, the hardest thing you'll have to do in this, unlike, and maybe, maybe they just adopt the rules, 
because again, like college football is the beta, the best minor league fo- minor league for the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. are they the same rules? Is it cut off after a certain deal, or do they have to have a wristband at a thing that we run it? Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, those are things that they have to address because guys will look at the guys will look at the sideline with 10 seconds to go, whether or not they're running it or not, right? So. There are still, and that, that's predicated on the offense and what they do, you know. So that is a very easy solution. I heard Matt Rule talk about it. But again, to me, it's like, don't say, well, they did this and they were able to win those games because let it all play out. Let it figure out. That's not up to us to, to decide. It's for the governing body of the Big Ten, more importantly than the NCAA, in my opinion, to decide. Because it it, it 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 affects everybody in the Big Ten, yeah, right. It, and you go from and you, again, you go from two and four to like his best seasons ever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, but hey, you can't man, wait, hey, you can't wait for to talk about everybody. I, I know, and that means that I had to keep you longer for a Thursday episode of the podcast daily. I know you all, you wanted to keep the tension on Ohio State and Wisconsin, and that's fair. But I I it's just. It's the rivalry, and I don't know of anything like this that's ever happened. Like I love it though. Hey man, listen. <laughs> what, you, what is it? Win if you can, cheat if you must, but always win. That might have been the slogan. All right. Hey, hey, Connor <laughs> Stallions is out there charging it to win in legs. Charging it to win it, man. I see you, bro. Boom, <laughs> making fifty k a year, getting Ven mode. <laughs> Give me those receipts, man. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah, let's make sure that we reimburse this scandal. That's the most amazing part. This guy's supposed to be some criminal mastermind out there leaving paper trails all over the country and buying tickets in his own name. Wicked uh, smart. I mean, oh maybe boy. wicked smart for breaking it down, but not wicked smart for using his name. It happens. <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Ohio State and Wisconsin, that's what really matters. Saturday night, 7.30. I don't know. Schlage's going to be back at Hilton Head, or where are you watching this week? In Florida. Florida. All right. That's good. Um, yeah. Primetime, NBC. Everybody's got that. Don't have to worry about Peacock or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> there, there it is. Uh, we appreciate, as always, Anthony Schlegel bringing the juice, getting you all ready for this next big matchup on the podcast daily with a look ahead. I am just Austin Ward. He's Anthony Schlegel. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.